Welcome into another edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always on a Monday by Brian Peroni, here to break down Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Uh, A&M suffers their fourth straight loss, 31-28 defeat back at Kyle Field, but a lot to get to. Uh, Brian, how's everything been going? Oh, good. Had a chance to go out on Friday night and see a couple of big-time junior quarterbacks with DJ Lagway and maybe Matoire and... Watch the AM game. I mean, we'll talk about it. Not a win, but you know, there's some things to like. And then uh saw the Astros get a get a win on Saturday night. So not a bad weekend at all. Obviously you wanted A and M game to go differently, but but there were some uh, bright spots. There was certainly some excitement to it and, and Connor Wigman's right at the top of the list. Yeah. Feel for you a little bit on on Friday night, having to go out to that Willis game. the we- The weather was brutal. I obviously had a lot better night watching Denton Geyer the night before. Peyton Bowen obviously put on a show with a kick return touchdown, interception, block kick, you name it. He was kind of in the middle of everything. But weather was all right for that one. It was just on Friday night with with Willis. You guys sure didn't yeah. catch a break. Yeah, it was the whole state. I mean, a lot of people move games to uh, mm-hmm. Thursday. Some of them postpone them. So, you know, I always do the stats on Friday night when I get home. So I started, you know, I got home a little late. Willis is like an hour north. So got home and games were still going on in Dallas because they had been postponed. But it just was funny as I'm looking, I was like, man, all these quarterbacks had like four interceptions and <laughs> one touchdown. Some teams like threw for 14 yards and ran for 400. So yeah, it just seemed everybody in the state had to uh, had to sort of change and adjust. I know that uh, you know my nephew plays for Houston Stratford. They had their rivalry game against Memorial. Memorial's a grinded out team. Stratford throws the ball so. right up their alley. Yeah, so they they lost their they lost their rivalry game. But I'll tell you this: the way that the playoffs are, they play HIC in the first round and mm-hmm. will be favored either way. And now they avoid Katie in the second round, so maybe it's not the worst thing. Not the worst, worst thing, thing in the world. world. Those man, those 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 playoff matchups are right around the corner. You know, last week of the regular season race coming up here, and uh, you know, there's there's still some some so a lot of shuffling to be to be made. Some big games going on this week. I'll be out at hopefully Arlington Martin versus Arlington Bowie, and um, out to see Lovejoy as well. Peyton Pierce was in town this past weekend for Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Brian diving into that game. Obviously, the story of the game and in the days after, you know, AM loses the game, but Connor Wigman has kind of been the talk the last couple of days. We sat on this podcast last week and, and made no bones about it, that it, it, it felt like the time to get Connor Wigman in there. I'll be honest. I didn't expect him to play as well as he did. It was, it was absolutely. You, you didn't Sets, predict 300 yards. No, and I didn't predict. I thought he would be predict, effective, but um, you know, finishes with 338 yards passing yeah. four touchdowns, no turnovers and sets a freshman record for, for passing yards in a game, uh, just all around really, really impressive and exceeded what anybody could have really hoped for. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, nobody really was, uh, predicting that kind of performance. And, you know, I think uh, all A&M fans were in the same boat that that I was, and I assume you, and thinking, man, after those first two drives, those first two drives were incredible. A&M was able to run the ball with A-Chain. I mean, they were getting, you know, around the edge, whatever, getting everything, you know, ton. And then he had some great passes to Moose, to Evan Stewart. Just like, man, 
I was like, can't believe he's been sitting this long and hasn't played. You know, I was like, I thought that guy, I thought A&M was going to hang 70 on him. And then, you know, a little regression from, you know, Wigman a bit, from the offensive line, from really everybody. I mean, A-Chain had over 100 yards early in the second quarter and, you know, didn't really pour it on after that. But, uh, yeah, those first drives, you know, if you go back and look at that film, I mean, that, that was textbook, and that's what you could get from him. I would – like to see him you know i think they probably told him to stay in the pocket throw the ball he was making reads well but i mean watching him in high school he's a kid that you know he wants to use his legs i mean he nobody's johnny menzo he's not going to be johnny menzo but he's got sort of that same skill set you know keep your eyes up but also make people pay and we saw with jackson dart you know making a&m defense pay you know i think that that wigman can do those same things so once he gets more comfortable in the offense and it's comfortable running, it's going to add another dimension. No doubt. He's got another gear. He's going to be able to, to kind of hit. And I wonder if some of that as well is that quarterback room is so banged up right now with everything going on there. You kind of need to keep Wigman upright and, and healthy. And I thought, you know, the offensive line gave him time for the most part, had, had a better night overall, but obviously being back at home helps not having as many false start penalties. They stayed on schedule. Just, Everything you'd kind of been looking for clicked on those first two drives, and he was he was obviously perfect finding finding Moose Muhammad, finding Evan Stewart, who had a, another couple of just really 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 impressive catches. The one the one handed grab, obviously oh, yeah. the touchdown, and then snagging another one off the helmet just continues to impress and and put up numbers. And um, you know, I think I think the other thing that kind of impressed me was the the patience that he had not to panic. You know, Jimbo Fisher talked during his press conference on Monday, the touchdown pass to Devon Achain was his fourth read on the play. So to be able to come back around to your fourth read and hit him, just just a just a really good job overall. And and you know, outside of the one throw in the back of the end zone, and you could tell when he as soon as he did it, kind of sensed that that was a ball he had put in danger. Yeah. Really didn't put a whole lot of balls in danger. He kind of put his hands on top of his head. You could tell. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he like turned around, like, oh, there's an interception, and there it comes. Uh, You know, for the other outside of that, really for the most part, didn't really put the ball in danger. Put the ball in the right spots, and you know, one thing I liked about this offense and Jimbo Fisher maintained that it it kind of took place throughout the entire game, but the tempo and the the crispness at which A and M played with. Uh, was something I particularly liked on those first two drives. Obviously, there's going to be things to clean up. You know, the two sacks at the end of the first half that that probably took points off the board for AM are, are are a learning moment and a growing moment. But outside of that, you know, got the ball to the playmakers and and you know, we, the on the running game side, you mentioned it. Devon Achain finishes with 25 carries for 138 yards and had 41 yards receiving as well. He was really really good in that first half. He was. Um, I mean, yeah, just the offensive line was blocking well. I mean, it just looked like a completely different team than we saw, you know, at South Carolina or, you know, more so like Mississippi State where they just, you know, were were playing in mud, it seemed like. So, yeah, so yeah there's, there's a lot to like. Uh, you know, you're talking about A-Chain. He, <laughs> he's not the biggest back. I mean, do you want him necessarily getting the 25 carries? You had said today during the press conference somebody asked if he was going to get more you know it's like yeah. no he doesn't need more they need a second back they you do. know i had a, at one point in in the fourth quarter a chain had 
107% of the team's rushing yards because he had every carry but one. Uh, Le'Veon Moss had one carry for no yards. And then at that time, Wigman had been sacked, so he had negative yards. So, you know, A-Chain actually had 107% of uh, of the offense. And every time he ran, his percentage of the offense actually went down, <laughs> which that's that's maths for you. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, but um, that can't happen. you got to get somebody, you know, uh, you know, whether it's Amari Daniels is back this week, whether it's Le'Veon Moss, you know, whoever it is, LJ, LJ Johnson, Johnson. Gonna yeah. play. you know, you got to get you got to trust somebody to be a change of pace because somebody's got to run through the middle, you know, and, you know, big sort of bruiser back. And we saw that with uh, with Ole Miss. I mean, they use now they're, they're, they're sort of similar backs, but they use uh, Quinchon Judkins and uh, and Zach Evans and both guys are making A&M pay. And then you had Jackson Dart and, you know, just three guys just wearing out the A&M defense and A&M needs that on offense. And I, I, you know, whether whether he was or wasn't, Shane looked pretty tired in the fourth quarter, and and rightfully so, having just having to just be the bell cow the entire game. And yeah, the question Jimbo Fisher was asked was about whether you know there needs to be more handle handoffs in the RPO situation, and whether even if there's a, even if they're bringing an extra man into the box, are there times when you just hand the ball off to to make sure that Devon Achain's touching the ball? And Jimbo Fisher said, "Look, you got to trust your reads on." RPOs and you know you're gonna you're gonna spin yourself into a web if you're constantly trying to you know just give to give man you know to to force feed the ball to to a chain even if even if that's not the play otherwise you just got to call run calls and go with it but yeah that was the big thing that I came out of the game was that you have to have somebody else develop and and it's not like those guys haven't made it's not like Le'Veon Moss has made a big mistake at any point. He just hasn't got a ton of carries. And even if it's a series, he's had four on the year, you know, he's had four a year. It's not, it's not like he's had a, had a, had a massive mistake where you're wondering whether you can go back to him. You know, you have to be able to spell that chain and keep him keep him going for the entire game. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where they just need somebody else, whether it's Le'Veon Moss, whether it's LJ Johnson or Amari Daniels to, to step forward and and be able to take sort of that second load. We talked about this all during the preseason about how deep this running back room was of guys kind of waiting to step forward and guys waiting to to push forward. And there just hasn't been that second guy that has kind of emerged. And um, you know they're they're kind of waiting on it. One good one note on on a on a young player that I think that is starting to step forward is is Donovan Green. We're starting to see him make more and more plays in the passing game. Uh, Jimbo Fisher did talk today, and there'd been a question after the game and in the press conference about why Blake Smith. <laughs> a lot of fans, a lot of fans a lot, had the same question. A lot of oh, on why Blake Smith was out there on the final drive when hasn't got a ton of playing time to this point. Donovan Green was banged up, and so Jimbo Fisher said they went with Blake Smith because he had been especially effective in the red zone in practice on Thursday. I think he said he had, at one point he said he had five well, two catches. Minute, two, two minute drill, two minute drill. Two minute drill, two minute yeah, drill. Yeah. At one at one point said he had five catches and one point said he had six. So take it for what he were. Maybe there was a catch in between there that that we don't know about. But either way, he had been especially effective. So they they trusted him in, in kind of that situation. So that was why he was out there. But certainly encouraging what, what what we've continued to see from Donovan Green these past couple of weeks. Oh no, for sure. I mean Donovan, yeah, he so he came in. I mean, it's just interesting, you know, for everybody who follows recruiting. Green was AM's not just AM's main target, AM's only target yep. in the class. 
you know, and they said, hey, we're not offering anybody else. We want you. And then he ended up committing. Then they took Theo Orstrom, who was supposed to be 24, reclassified. And then on signing day, uh, you know, the Johnson brothers wanted in. They're like, well, it's hard to turn down the top player's position, you know. But, you know, even through after camp, you know, it was – we thought that uh, Jake Johnson was going to be the true freshman who's going to have all yep. these uh, reps. I know he's been hurt, but, you know, thinking if it wasn't him, it was gonna, you know, it was Max Wright would get the job and all that, you know. Even with Donovan being the main guy, I don't think anybody expected him to be the guy uh, just yet. But, yeah, he's really come on as the season has gone on. You know, he's one of the starters. And, yeah, he's been he's been good. And then Noah Thomas got himself. Yep, uh, first touchdown. touchdown. I think it might have been his first catch, or am I wrong about yep. that? I think first catch, first touchdown, not a bad way to, to get into the game as well. Yeah, so, I mean, these – I, I mean, when you have the number one class in the country and of all time, I mean, your freshmen are going to play early, but with all the injuries and everything else, I mean, they are really being, uh, you know, counted on Bryce Anderson had another big game. And I think we'll talk a little more about yeah. him later. You know, he was, he was badly injured in the, in the uh, second half, but valiantly uh, went to the ground. Valiantly came up. Yeah. Up. And yeah. And, and to, fought to it Lane off to Kiffin's get out. dismay. Yeah. yeah. As soon as if you're watching on TV, as soon as he got to the sideline, he asked whoever I may have been Dirk, and I don't know who he was on the sideline. <laughs> like, hey, can I go back in? It's like, <laughs> no, you have to sit out of play. It's play. the rules. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he played well. You just have all these young guys, and you know, this year was not supposed to be a write-off, you know, it was not supposed to be a rebuilding year, but that's what it is at this point. So you got to look at it through those lenses and say, Hey, there's, there's a lot to like, like, yeah, it's not ideal. There's a chance they may miss a bowl, which is embarrassing for a team that started out yeah. number six in the country. I mean, that's embarrassing. I was actually just looking at uh, somebody had a screenshot of uh, who was it? Uh, who's on, uh, on uh, game day. The first guy, Desmond Howard. Oh, Desmond Howard, yeah. Yeah, so they showed oh, his – he had the uh, national championship. Prediction. His national championship. His playoff picks had A&M, Baylor, and Michigan State were – Oh, boy. Were three Kiss of, of death four. right now. You know what? He went bold He went bold on this one, and it, 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 was a, it was a swing and miss, to say the least, on, on, the, on those ones. But, hey, fortune favors the brave sometimes, and sometimes, yeah. you know, you got you to swing big, but – you know, we'll we'll certainly get into to Lane Kiffin a lot more. And, you know, on there were a lot of positives from this game. There was obviously one big downside was was AM's run defense in this game was Ooh. just horrendous. Um, three hundred and ninety yards they gave up. Quinchin John Judkins was was a killer all night and and had over he had a career high over two hundred yards rushing. And for me, you know, some of those runs were just at backbreaking times. Like it a good example was the as AM had just pulled back to 24-21, and then Judkins breaks off that 60-plus yard run, finishes it off a couple plays later with another touchdown, and suddenly you're you're back in a in a deep hole. And and that was just to me just kind of a killer. And and Jimbo Fisher talked about it today that one, they got to tackle better, they got to be able to stay in lanes better. Got to pad the when it comes to pass rushing, they've got to be able to stay in their pass rushing lanes better. Just a lot that 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 they've got to get corrected because got got news for you, Anthony Richardson's coming in next and is another guy that will make you pay with your legs and and run all over you. So 
Um, that to me is a, is a pressing issue that needs to get cleaned up in a hurry, get potentially getting back a, Antonio Johnson and Edron Cooper more full in full go. Jimbo Fisher mentioned, you know, he did play a little bit against um, Ole Miss, but to get him back full go would, would be, would be big. And um, you know, just, just they've got to get that cleaned up this week. I know for sure. Yeah. As good as uh, Judkins and Zach Evans were in that game, I think the like sort of the the toughest and most backbreaking runs were really on uh, Jackson Dart, whether yeah. design runs or scrambles. And it wasn't. I mean, what did uh, you know? I've got to pull it up here. He finished with let's see, ninety five yards rushing. It would have. He had over a hundred, but they took the sacks obviously out of there. Yep. So, you know, that's you shouldn't do that to a QB, especially one who's not a running guy. But also, it was when A and M had him at like third and eleven or things like that. It's like. Yes. They've stopped them two plays. You got them, you know, you got them behind the, the chains. And, exactly and where you want them. For, yeah, he runs for 15 yards. And it's like, oh. And so, you yeah, know, he did that a lot. And so they, like you mentioned, Anthony Richardson, okay, he's got – he had a touchdown against Georgia and no interception. So now he's he's even in the uh, touchdown and interception column. Yeah. He's at like 53% passing. I mean, just not – Start, you know, for a guy that started the year with Heisman talk and with uh, talk of being an early first round, that was pick, probably a little premature. Yeah, too. no, for sure. And he's he has fallen back to earth in a major way, but he also can can make you pay with his legs. And A and M is really going to have to going to have to key on him. Now, Florida's run game as a whole is not as good as Ole Miss, so uh, you know they will be able to focus more on. Uh, more on Richardson because you don't have Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins, you know, coming out there with them. But, uh, but it, it, it's something they have to get fixed for sure. And I, you know, what is the fix? I don't know. Maybe play a five man front rather than three, you know, do something, just throw people up there. No doubt. And it's, 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 it's just one of those things. They got to be more disciplined, whether it's when you're in the pass rushing lanes, you got to be more disciplined and, and, you can't over pursue and leave some of those gaps open. If you're running twist games, you got to be able to stay in your holes and, and stay disciplined. To me, that's what it comes down to when you're playing run, when you're playing young players, though, you're going to have things like this happen. And, and, you know, Jimbo Fisher mentioned it was, it was kind of a variety of things. They had spies on the quarterback. All of a sudden the spy takes his eyes off the quarterback, which is, you know, definitely not what you're supposed to do. All of a sudden now you're giving up a big game to, to Jackson Dart. So, um, it comes down to the details and, uh, you know, but, but overall, I think it was, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of good to take away. A&M's just not quite over that hump yet. And, you know, we're going to look ahead to, to a little more ahead to next week and, and talk about one more thing coming out of the game, um, coming out of a quick break. Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. Brian, there was a lot of talking in this game, um, not just between the players either, um, between coaches I don't even know how much there well. was with the players. I think yeah, I don't it was even mainly know how much just was, what, mainly that I, coaching staff on the other sideline. Mainly that coaching staff, Lane Kiffin, um, certainly made his feelings known both during the game. You mentioned the Bryce Bryce Anderson play that was one where he was drawing back and forth with Bryce Anderson was drawing back and forth with with Damani Richardson as well had some had some things to say there's videos out there for for folks to to certainly go look at at what he said but what did, what did, what did he say Andrew 
Uh, certain, say? No. <laughs> certain things that it's a family friendly podcast yeah, okay certain things that can't be said on a youtube channel <laughs> where we might be hearing from from youtube about that but uh you know and it remains to be seen if a certain somebody we're hearing hearing from the league as well um jimbo fisher left it there during his podcast or during his press conference on monday said he will leave uh, what lane kiffin had to say and, and talking to his players to the sec um, but this this back and forth with with Lane Kiffin and A and M and the players just what what did you make of it? Okay, man, Kiffin he just tries to be entertaining. Most of the stuff is yeah. just because he thinks it's funny. Now we'll go back like the Bryce Anderson deal when he you know is saying like f you whatever to Bryce Anderson, you know because he thinks Anderson was faking an injury to slow him down. Do you know how many clips are out there of Ole Miss players? There's one. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's somebody one of him who's saying, with. get down. Yeah, get that down. he's actually just yelling at the – his players is <laughs> running off the field like Norman. He's, say, you know, yelling at him to get down. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, you cannot get mad if other – like, you are specifically known for that. <laughs> but most of what he does is just trying to be entertaining, but he tries too hard. Like He does. You know, just the whole, like, clown deal. And today he tweeted something with, like – clown emojis but it was a link to an article that made no sense it's like you know the reason lane kiffin was talking trash to jimbo fisher was because jimbo talked trash to nick saban like what that makes zero sense and then also saban was the one who started that whole thing you know with his comments to the you know to the booster association about ain't and buying their whole team so i mean lane kiffin is just trying to make himself you know more relevant there and jump into that discussion and it's like he just thinks it's it's you know it's funny and you know if I was a, an Ole Miss fan like yeah I mean be like hey that's probably you know, be entertaining coach funny yeah. but you know at some point you're just like dude like it's like stop trying so hard also you're probably gonna get calls from Sankey you know today I'm guessing probably already has Jimbo maybe already got one you know because you know he had to he had to come in this summer and get on with Saban <laughs> and Jimbo behind the scenes so. Yeah, he's not gonna like, you know, be for all the coaches taking pot shots at each other. No doubt. And Jimbo and Jimbo obviously showed a lot of restraint today. He said, I will leave all that to to the SEC to and to the league to to handle that. And then kind of threw in you know one comment at the end and said, Amazing. Just as kind of a, a, a yeah, final cause... a final shot. But you know, the other thing, to your point, not even going back further than than Nick Saban making those comments over the summer. It was actually Lane Kiffin on February 1st that said, and I quote, I joked, if, I didn't know if Texas A&M incurred a luxury tax with how much they paid for their signing class. That was Lane Kiffin on February 1st. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher then responded on National Signing Day, and obviously that kind of went over to the summer as well. So to act like he just didn't say anything and is a, is know. absolved of all yeah. of all blame and and everything going on to me is the is is kind of the comical part when you were the guy that came out and not just Texas A&M I think Texas was in there as well as you talked about the luxury tax as well clearly we all know where he was going with that and so you know to to make that comment and then and then kind of talk after the game Saturday about how he took it personal that he got called a clown and how, you know, Nick Saban got called, you know, how, how Jimbo Fisher went after Nick Saban. Well, 
You were I right don't in think the Lane Kiffin cares it. about Nick Saban's feelings. I don't like, think so. You think they like hanging out like on weekends and you know eating ice cream and watching rom coms yeah. together? No, he doesn't care about Saban's no. feelings. Get out of here. And in two weeks, he's going to have it circled on his calendar to want to beat Nick Saban as as well, and and is going to have that as a landmark game to circled. So you know he's not going to care in Nick's, about Nick Saban's feelings. After, oh yeah, we're going to hear from him too. Done. Yeah, You're he's hear something in a couple days. that week. Yep, absolutely. And it's it's just what he does. And you know, I get it. Like you said, if, as an Ole Miss fan, it's probably entertaining and and probably fun. But don't don't play the the victim card and all that sort of stuff when when you were right in the middle. Uh, and you know, I I certainly agree about all the the injury stuff. You know. We talked about it. It was clear as day. You could see there was blood on Bryce Anderson's socks as well. And so not to mention that part as well. And, you know, um, it was it was just really it was really funny to watch that whole exchange and, and see it all play out. Oh, no, for sure. And I mean, you know, he's talking about A&M's costs. I mean, Ole Miss, look at all the dudes they took from the transfer portal. You know, like yep. they got a lot, you know, and, and so if you're like just chill out, man. Just go out there and coach. Like that's, you know, if he wants to be an Ole Miss lifer and he very well may, you know, yeah. then yeah, do that. But if you are, that's going to look bad whenever, you know, if you're looking at p- potential other jobs, you know, that's going to be like, ah, you know, do we want to deal do with we that? We want to deal with that. Deal with yeah. that headache. Cause if he's like that in public, imagine in private. I mean, who knows? I don't know Lane Kiffin. I never met Lane Kiffin, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like, there's just no reason. Like, yeah, you entertained your fan base. Good job, you know, but they're already entertained anyway. You're in the top 15. Shouldn't be, but you're in the top 15. So, yeah. and, you know, you know, coming out of that game, the kind of my final thought is if, if you're an, if you're an Ole Miss player, I, I'm sure they, they find it entertaining as well, but that team's sitting at eight and one now, shouldn't that be kind of the conversation coming out of this game? You're sitting at eight and one with Alabama <laughs> coming up in, in two weeks, kind of right, probably where they wanted to be sitting. Instead, all the talk is about yeah. the clown talk and all that sort of stuff, and and that's where everything's kind of uh, kind of sitting. and And so for me, I I just kind of chuckle at it, and um, you know, I'm w- I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if if there's any sort of call from from Greg Sankey to to Lane Kiffin saying, you know, chill out as well, just like I told Nick Saban and, and Jimbo Fisher in the summer. Um, and both sides are gonna are gonna kind of turn the page now. And and we mentioned Texas A and M turns the page. To to Florida, um, and you know, there's there's still a chance. You talk about bowl eligibility. Jimbo Fisher talked about it today. That's one of their their main goals. And A and M now the margin gets thinner. I'm on where on I'm looking at the rest of the season. Um, they've got games left against against Florida, against Auburn on the road, who just fired their coach, yeah. UMass and LSU. A and M needs to to win three of them and. I think the next three weeks, frankly, are a huge opportunity. You know, is yeah, they, yeah, they're going to be favored. They're going to be favored in uh, all three of the next ones, and yeah. they get LSU at Kyle Field, so that's you know nice too. I mean, LSU's playing really well, so that's going to be tough. But I mean, God, it's just crazy though. Like at the beginning of the year, I did not think we'd be talking about oh, eligibility. I mean, we did a podcast yeah, about best pod- and worst case scenarios, and I never said five and seven. You know, <laughs> we're talking about. 10 and two, if things go or nine and three, if they go really bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is just crazy. But we talked about, you know, I, I, I kind of said during that podcast that eight and four 
kind of felt like the floor with this team having, you know, having another year with, with some of the offensive line issues kind of shored up looking at Bryce Foster, Ruben Fathery and, and Layden Robinson. And it hasn't played that way. The plus hasn't played out that way along the offensive line. They've, they've not played up to par most of the year, but I do think if you're looking at these next couple of games and, 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 and what A&M has at least shown coming off the bye week or since that Alabama game played well against Alabama came up a play short along the goal line from beating Alabama. Put yourself in just a terrible mess in South Carolina with that stadium rocking. But actually, after falling behind 17 to nothing, don't play too badly. And then fall one drive short against Ole Miss. It's it's frustrating for fans. It's frustrating for the coaches. It's frustrating for the players. They've just got to be able to find find a way to get over the hump and and be able to to, to generate some momentum in this back half of the year. Florida's gettable. They 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 really are. They're kind of struggling to begin SEC play as well. We talked about Auburn. They've certainly been a mess to say the least this year. And and UMass is 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 one of the worst teams in the FBS. So you know the opportunity is still there ahead of them, but it's got to at some point really really soon start resulting in wins. No, for sure. Uh, and yeah, this is like the back half of the schedule. Anum has always had a ridiculously tough back half, but this year it's the opposite. Now LSU is really good. Uh, well, when they want to be, sometimes they're not. But <laughs> but yeah, these three games in a row are just all you know. Florida, Florida and Auburn are playing are sort of same as like A and M. Auburn is, I mean, their lone SEC win was against Missouri, and they shouldn't have won. It was that that where uh, it went in overtime, and Missouri on the first play went twenty four <laughs> and three quarters yards, and the guy fumbled it barely into the end zone so they lost uh but they were outplayed by uh by missouri and so that you know and that's their only win and their other two wins one was against an fcs program so i mean you like yeah the you, Auburn, you know win. you always want to play for a new coach but yeah that's a must win no matter what i mean but for you know when you're talking to the bowl so then it just that so this weekend i mean florida's a, like sort of must win i mean AM has to go to a bowl i know this nobody's you know People are checked yeah. out on the season and all that, but you just can't have a year where you go five and seven. That's just you can't. It's going to be not a okay. Yeah, that's not okay. You know, because you got four non-conference games, which all of them this year should have been easy wins. <laughs> but you got the oh no, Miami shouldn't have been an easy win. They got to win, but you know, then App State. But and even Miami also, this year has. has I know. Been oh over. gosh, I don't know if anybody watched that. Oh, that was glorious. A four <laughs> overtime game that finished fourteen to twelve amazing i watched the end of that one that was awesome but uh, yeah miami's been bad so but yeah you have four of that so then you just got to win two in conference it's like yeah okay you know you're playing south carolina you beat eight times and never lost to and yeah so they need that and then that also gives you more practice and you know let's say it's the texas bowl which seems pretty likely at this point i saw cbs project them the birmingham bowl against Either Georgia Southern or Georgia State. I think those are the same schools, so I never bother <laughs> learn the difference. But I was like, if they play in Birmingham, I was, uh, I don't know how many fans are going to be at that one. Yeah, I think the SEC will send it to Houston because they try to like keep a And M out of Houston because it's like ah too easy. But I yeah. think this would be the year to send them to Houston, play like Baylor, maybe OU. I mean, uh, but you know, so give fans something to see and and you know recruits be able to see him in action one more time so you really need that bowl game i mean he, even though people 
all the good players don't get to play in bowls, you know, but you, you know, some, which means some of the younger guys get to play. Well, you, and you look at a guy like Connor Wigman, right? If you're, if you're building for next year and you're building for two years from now, that's an opportunity for him to get 13 more practices to get freshmen, some opportunities and, and get him, you know, get him more game experience. And, and so that's, that's certainly something to play for. Jimbo Fisher talked about it today, that that's one of their key goals to begin the year is, is getting to a bowl. So, it's something that that he said they've got to be able to do, and and you're right. You just can't miss a bowl, especially with these expectations. You can, to me, you know, this season's going to be is going to fall short of expectations, regardless of what happens. If you can get to six and six, maybe you finish with with a win in a bowl game, go into the off season, make some of those changes that that you feel like are necessary, and go into next year knowing and feeling confident about who your quarterback's going to be and having that down, you can survive this season and move on positively. But if you miss a bowl and miss those 13 practices, that just gives you another hurdle that, that you have to try to to cross and, and recruit your own roster back and, and fight that narrative. So uh, just a really important couple of weeks. I know the fans are going to be disappointed about the direction this is going, but um, certainly just need to finish off the right way. So, uh, that'll do it for this week. We'll we'll be back later in the week to to preview that Florida game um, and look ahead and uh, look ahead to to this coming weekend. But for for the now, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Gigum Twenty Four Seven Sports Podcast. As as always, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button on the Gigum Twenty Four Seven Sports YouTube page to get a notification every time a new video drops. Until then, we'll see you guys soon.